0: In a world that's constantly shouting who you should be, have you ever stopped to think, who am I? Really? I want to take you through eight powerful steps where you're going to uncover the true you. You're going to align with your deepest values and you're going to come out the other side with a new sense of direction and joy and fulfillment that you may have not felt before. I want to introduce you to Awaken Me A journey to finding you, which is a transformative experience. It's crafted by me, Amy Wine, an award winning marriage and family therapist, professional counselor, and peak performance mindset coach, and a business strategist. I understand how to help people find out who they are at their core. And this is designed to do that past all labels and expectations of other people, of who they think we are and who they say we should be. So isn't it time to find out who you are and get out from under of all the expectations of the roles you play and who everybody else thinks and says you should be and how you should act? Because I think it's time to awaken your true potential in life. So join me on this journey, hit the link below, and step into a life that you were meant to live. I'll see you inside. Get ready to believe that you can have it all. Time for yourself, the kids, your marriage, and your business. My name is Amy Wine. I am a Jesus-loving married mom, CEO, professional counselor, marriage therapist, peak performance business strategist, and believer in keeping it real. Real life, real relationships, real people. I help overwhelmed. CEOs design a life they can't wait to wake up to each day. Each episode, I meet you right where you are with time-tested tools and strategies that you can find clarity on who you are and all the hats you wear and live your life authentically on purpose. This is real life, raw, sometimes ugly, other times wonderful and fun. And I cannot promise you that this work is easy. But I could tell you, it is totally worth it. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey there, it's Amy. Welcome to another episode of Marriage on Fire. And today we are going to talk again about boundaries. But this time we're going to talk about one segment of boundaries in your marriage, and that's control. What are the ways in which we attempt to control each other and we need to set better boundaries with our spouse? Because let's face it, nobody wants to be controlled. Least of all me. That's a huge trigger for me. But. First, before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to Tuba Jake. He left us a rating and review of five stars on Apple Podcast ratings and reviews. It's so important to us to have these. So if you love the content and you feel led, we would really appreciate you going to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a rating and review. Anyway, this is what he says. The content is on point. I see a lot of my marriage in the stories she and her husband share. I look forward to the updates of growing in my own relationship with my spouse. Thank you so much, Tuba Jake, and I appreciate you more than you know. Y'all, I was at a conference recently. I was at several. I have been gone traveling 17 of the last 19 days. I was home for two of those, which is the longest I've been gone because I was always the mom and traveling just didn't come in there. So this is all new to me. And while it's exciting, it's also exhausting. But at the same time, I was at two different conferences where I knew nobody. And at both conferences, when we had to discuss what we did, and I mentioned the podcast, y'all, I was so stinking excited and like, didn't even know what to do with myself because at both places, I was talking to somebody that had listened to the podcast. So it is so much encouragement for me to keep going because on our end, we don't Really know a lot of what's happening out there and who's listening and who's not. And we know that we've had some growth with the podcast, but a lot of times it can just feel like a time suck. I'm just being real and honest with you because it's expensive and it's time consuming and I don't make anything on it. I am here to serve. So I love serving, but knowing that I'm actually serving and reaching people and they have had value from it. Oh my gosh. It just warms my heart. And honestly, I get kind of embarrassed because I've shared so much of my personal self. I'm like, ooh, and that automatic, oh, what are they thinking of me? Oh, what did I say that could be perceived as, ooh, but you know what? I think that's normal for all of us, and I've seriously got to stop it because I have vowed to keep it real, honest, authentic, and I'm not going to change that no matter what anybody thinks, but the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. And I keep telling my husband, he's got to get on here more because he has a fan club, whether he wants one or not, because I think he's even more nervous about this podcast than I am. Everybody mentions him. So I think that's, it's kind of funny. And it just kind of warms my heart some more. So anyway, let's get into today's topic, because that's what you're here for, right? I want to talk about control coming in different ways, and I'm going to talk about several different ways. So do you ever have those arguments that kind of feel like deja vu, that you've had that same argument so many times, you can almost predict your spouse's lines, you know what they're going to say, you know what they're going to look like, you know how they're going to act. And in the back of your mind, do you kind of keep a little scorecard where you've logged all the ways that you can leverage this in the future to help yourself? Yeah, I, I sometimes do. My husband and I are both very competitive. And before we know it, we can catch ourselves keeping score on each other, which is really ridiculous. And we irritate the fire out of each other. So I'm going to talk to you about when our spouse wants to go somewhere. And let's say that, your husband, we'll we'll talk about husbands, have got invited to go to like a um, sporting event and they really, really want them to go. But then your wife has a problem with that. Maybe you forgot that her mom was coming that same day on a visit. And you say, oh, but remember that time like I went to the theater with you? That was a sacrifice for me. But what if your wife says, no, my mom is coming and we're spending the day with her? then the husband can explode, right? This is the payment I get for all I do for you. How could you be so ungrateful, right? Because why? He's wanting to go do something he wants to do. He feels like he's paid his debt by going to the theater. And really, it's her mom. And he's feeling unappreciated, not thanked, all of these things. So what happens is we do that cycle and we get angry in that. And we kind of like throw in a little temper tantrum, right? Because we aren't getting our way. And then what happens is our spouse usually gives in. And we're talking about the man right now. But this could go the other way. Because remember, I was the angriest wife on earth. So it just is hurtful, right? Because then I'm sure she's feeling like she's not a priority. Like this has been on the calendar forever. So I'm sorry. So sad for you. But at the same time, it hurts her because she wants to be chosen. Okay, then let's say that this husband felt guilty because he reacted in a negative way and she cried, and he finally went upstairs, calmed her down, promised he'd be home when her mom came over, and they both took time away from each other, right? But at the same time, there's no control in that, but he still feels resentful. But now the guilt has covered it up, right? You get what I'm saying? So all of these emotions are coming in, but we're just layering them one on top of the other. Whereas his blow up was an aggressive way to intimidate her to change her mind. Also a way to punish her for not keeping the score between them even, right? The theater versus the game. And her breakdown was another indirect way of punishing him for his anger and also a means of a way to get him to change his mind. Neither partner valued the free choices of his or her spouse. Okay, you get what I'm saying? It's a cycle. We are doing things to each other to fight for our own freedom and to control the other ones. So what are some ways that couples... We're going to dive right in deep. I hope that gave you a great example and see how fast those emotions change. Literally, that interaction was probably 30 seconds. But do you see all of the emotion that went in? We have excitement. My friend asked me to go to the game. We have irritation on the wife because what? You're going to go to a game and my mom's coming and how dare you? To, oh, no, you're not. To frustration, feelings of hurt. Back to him getting angry. Her crying, him feeling guilty, resentment, covering it up with guilt, her crying to get her way, him feeling guilty and trying to get his way with the anger. So there's a whole lot of dynamics in that quick 30 seconds. So it's no wonder that we become married roommates faster than not, because we often don't recognize these patterns. So we're going to look at multiple ways of how we try to control each other real quick. Guilt. Guilt messages are intended to make your spouse feel responsible for your welfare. In other words, guilt controls by creating the impression that your spouse's freedom injures us. Hmm. His going to the game with his friend somehow injured her. But by choosing differently from us, our spouse has been unloving. So see, she automatically thought he doesn't love me because he's choosing the game over me. And then statements like this will come out when guilt's in there. If you really loved me. Dot, dot, dot. Or how could you be so selfish? Dot, dot, dot. And let's talk about those wounded silences. Yeah. That stonewalling rearing its ugly head in here. Right. So in this instance, her crying and her breakdown is an illustration of this guilt message. Right. She wanted to make him feel guilty. He wanted to make her feel bad because he went to the theater and he wanted to keep score. Okay, so are you guilty of guilt messages? I know I am. Like, I'm probably the queen of this. Mine often was anger, but I could throw in a good guilt there every now and again. All right, so let's talk about anger now as being the next way that we try to control each other. Often, one spouse wants something the other doesn't. The disappointed mate will get angry. Anger is our basic protest against the fact that we cannot control reality. Anger can be direct as in the tantrum from not getting to go to the game. It can be covert, as in passive-aggressive behaviors or sarcastic remarks. That would be my husband John's tactics. And it can involve threats of retaliation. It can also, in extreme situations, become dangerous, as in abusive marriages. But we're not talking about abusive marriages here, but I wanted to mention that really quickly. But at the same time, anger and passive-aggressive behaviors and comments, the snarkiness, those are so damaging. All right, let's go to the third one I have on my list, persistent assaults on the spouse's boundary. What does that mean? Well, when one person says no, your spouse will make an attempt after attempt to change the other's mind. It's kind of like that door-to-door salesman that's very strong-willed and won't take no for an answer. The spouse will argue, they will plead until the other one's been worn down. It's like a child who has learned to keep asking and asking and asking until he hears the answer he wants. The spouse refuses to live with the boundary of the other one. That's a way of trying to control them, right? Do you want to know exactly where you stand in all 10 areas of life? relationships, and business? It's time to take the free Thrive Life Inventory and you will receive a multi-page report showing you exactly where you need to grow and where your strengths are in your life, relationships, and business domains. You're even going to find helpful tools, strategies, and more based on your unique results. Go to thrivelifeinventory.com and get your scorecard Delivered now. So it works great. It's a perfect tactic because you just wear them down until they're finally like, I don't even care anymore, right? And then they get their way because they can't respect the word no. And sometimes we have to say no to our spouse. It's just the way it is, right? My son is famous for this. Like He is the king of persistence. And I'll say to him one day, why do you keep asking me the same thing over and over and over and over again? And I've said no. And he said, because eventually you'll say yes and give in. Okay, our kids are doing it. Why are we letting our spouses do that to us? And if you're the one doing it, why are you trying to control your spouse in this way? Another way we trim to control is withholding love. And withholding love might be one of the most powerful ways we do it. When one spouse disagrees, the other disconnects emotionally until the other spouse changes just to suit what they want. It's so powerful because we're created to need love and connection as a source of our livelihood. It's our life. It's what we crave, that connection. When someone withdraws from us, we are putting out the fire of our basic existence, it also puts extreme pressure on us to do anything to connect with the one we love because we're hitting that wall. We're hitting that stone wall. They are not going to give us anything because they feel like we're not giving into them. They're not getting what they want, so why should they? It's a dangerous dynamic. All right. Have you seen yourself in any of these yet? I've got maybe six or seven more. There's still time. And this isn't bad, guys. Like, these are just ways to know it. Knowledge is everything, right? Knowledge is power. But I would actually go into saying action is more power. So once you know it, you have to put in action to change it. So think about that as you see yourself. What can you do to change your dynamic? Okay, I gave you four ways that couples attempt to control each other. Guilt, anger, anger persistent assaults, and withholding love. And here are some ways that you could set limits on this control. So when you're seeing yourself in this, you got to know what to do with it, right? So when you truly love each other, you both want each other to grow. And at some point, you're going to want to give up these attempts to control you're going to be willing to relinquish these strategies in favor of granting freedom and love. We have to grant our partners some freedom and love. We should not be so enmeshed in each other that we have no room for our own personal self. So let me tell you some ways you can set limits on your control attempts. First, you can realize what it's costing. What is the cost of control of your spouse? So you might get external compliance, but you're going to lose your spouse's heart. Guilt, anger, assault, and withholding all negate freedom and love, which is what we're all after. Your spouse will go along with it probably in the moment, but they're going to build up resentment and they're going to be emotionally absent. So set limits on your desire for the control as you learn to place a higher value on love. Love should trump it. You don't need to control them. But often we feel the need to control because of our own fear, our own anxiety. Here's another way that you could start to set limits. Ask your spouse to let you know how the control affects you. How does it affect your spouse? So marriage is, at its core, a bond of empathy. Your spouse's feelings should be important to you. But when the controlled spouse lets the controlling spouse know how hurtful and distant the attempts make them... The controlling spouse feels compassion for the pain and is able to better set limits on the control. This is not going to be a conversation where you want to hear it, but you need to ask and be willing to hear what they're saying, even if you don't agree. Watch your defensiveness, watch your criticism, watch your butt, watch all of those things and just hear, empathize, go back and process and see what your part is. Okay, another one that you can do to limit your control Experience your own helplessness to change your spouse. So no matter how much you would like to believe the opposite, your spouse, they're not going to change your decisions, opinions, or feelings until they're ready to. And you may need to realize that you live with someone whom you can't make do the right thing. This hopelessness is often a very painful emotion. Angry control moves may give us the illusion we have power over a spouse that we don't have. Accepting that helplessness hurts, but it is where reality lies. So accept that you feel helpless in getting your spouse to act in a certain way or do a certain thing. Just accept it. That's where reality is. Okay. And anger feels like a powerful emotion, but it's actually an out of control emotion. Anger is an out of control emotion. You also need to work through your dependency issues. If your spouse is the only person that you can get your needs met from, then you will have bent towards controlling them. Finding other sources of love, approval, truth, forgiveness, they're not just limited to your spouse. So you may need recognition for the good things you accomplish. Don't expect your spouse to provide all the kudos. Use your friends to meet this needs, your family. When you have other places to get your needs met, you're better able to give your spouse freedom. So Do not put all of your emotions and all of your needs in one basket and make them your spouse's responsibility to take care of you and to feed you and to give you kudos and compliments and love and affection and all the things. There's no way one person can do that for you. Sometimes we have to remember to be separate from our spouse. We got to have togetherness, but there's got to be a little bit of individuality in there. So let's say the husband becomes angry with his wife again, because that's what we've been talking about. She will feel he hates her and will latch back to protect herself. Her inability to be separate from her husband's feelings is the problem. It's not even his acting out. It's her inability to be separate from the problems. Now, go deep with that, because when somebody gets angry at us, we want to blame them for what's happening, right? That's their junk. Ours is that we have to take on those feelings and think, oh, my gosh, they must hate me. Oh, my gosh, they must not love me. When in reality, they're just trying to control and get something from you. So we lash back in attempt to protect. So as you become more defined by your own boundaries, you're going to start to experience your spouse's feelings and decisions of having more to do with them than with you. And this is going to free you to allow them to be free, right? You're not, may not be there yet. If you are, drop me a line. You know what I'm talking about. You got to have some freedom being allowed to feel free. And get into that track of the healthy boundary, taking out all the control, right? So remember how it felt the last time someone attacked you for your freedom to choose? And therefore, have compassion on your spouse's choices at the same time. So instead of trying to control your spouse, set boundaries with them. You could say, I don't feel like I'm able to say no to you or be free to you. I'm afraid of your reaction, and I feel like I can't protect myself against it. And the anger that comes at me makes me feel like I have to protect myself. So that's what you say, because control becomes a substitute for establishing boundaries of your own self-control with your spouse. But as you learn to set appropriate limits, you can feel safe in giving up controlling your partner. So, marriage has more to do with bringing yourself under the control of yourself than it does with controlling your spouse. And as you relinquish control of your spouse, you're going to be able to better love them, protect your own freedom, and provide a context for both of you to grow. And I know this got deep, and it's only an overview, and there are story after story after story but take those stories down to the core so you're not making excuses for yourself or your behavior because that's really one way that we go. All righty, that wraps up today's episode of Couch Time with Amy Wine. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take it just a few seconds and leave me an honest rating and review. You can find all the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.amywine.com. Please share your episodes with your friends and don't forget to tag me on Instagram at amywineco. Thanks for listening. And I will meet you here again next week. Are you feeling like your marriage is more about going through the routine than the romance? Just the day-to-day drudgery of all the things and the chaos that surround you that you have to do? You're not alone. Hi, I'm Amy Wine, your marriage and family therapist and founder of Thrive Life TV, and we get it. Impact-driven achievers like you deserve a marriage that is just as successful as your business and your career. Your marriage is about more than just staying together. It's about growing together, laughing together, and reigniting the spark that makes you partners in every sense of the word. That is where Thrive Life TV steps in. Join me for exclusive sessions. We're gonna tackle real life marriage challenges from reigniting passion to deepening your emotional connection. We're talking real change, real results. It is time to transform your marriage into a thriving partnership that you both deserve. On Thrive Life TV, you're gonna find practical strategies, shared experiences, and that extra push you. Are you ready to up-level your marriage? Visit thrivelifetv.com And let's bring the joy and love and yes, the fun back in your marriage. I'll see you inside.